Hey y'all, listen, it's time we stop playing it small, but it's also time for real conversations like the ones we used to have until 3 a.m. with our besties in the Taco Bell parking lot collide with the real people full of perspective on topics that are, well, maybe uncomfortable, but the ones that make it preach to those who need it. So come on, come have a seat with me. After all, I'm still the same OG. What's up, you guys? It is Mother's Day weekend, and I am so excited. Being a mom was something that, if I'm honest, I was so afraid of. I was so scared. I remember asking my mom for a hysterectomy for my 21st birthday. That's how, like, frightened I was that I could be a mom. And now that I am a mom, I stop and wonder how many times in this life do we take for granted the moms that we have been given, the ones that our children have been blessed to call bonus moms, god mom, step mom. But this year I wanted to do something different. I wanted to go talk to the moms who the world doesn't even recognize them anymore. The world throws them to the wolves and bash them in one of the most ugliest but humblest ways. They simply stop acknowledging them as a mom. And today, I had to make sure that I pre-recorded this because I know that when I get in the room with my guest speaker, that I wasn't gonna be able to say this without looking her in the face and crying tears because her story inspires me. It reminds me of how precious time is and it reminds me that I am truly a blessing to bless someone else and I get to get celebrated every single year, all the time from people like her But it quickly reminds me that I don't stop enough to remind her how proud of her I am too. Because see, today I get to interview the queen of the Single Aunties podcast, Miss Haley Harrison, and I am elated for you to hear her story. But I'm going to take what the world would consider ugly and dark, and I'm going to throw fertilizer on her, and I want her to bloom so beautifully And the role that no one has ever really honored and appreciated or even given credit to, at least not in this way. So today, to every mom who has ever walked through infertility, IVF, stillborn miscarriages, and even abortion, I want to stop and tell you Happy Mother's Day. Because see, science may tell you that you never are a mom because you never got to hold your baby. You never got to hear your baby's heartbeat. You never got to see the sonogram. But to me, the day you took that test and you saw that it was positive, you became a mom too. And so come in, have a seat at the table. Today, I wanna honor you. And I know when Haley hears this back, she's not even going to know that this part is on there. So I want to stop and say, I celebrate you, Bob. I love you so much. 
And more than anything, I pray to God that everyone that hears this episode, who has walked in your shoes, who has suffered in silence thinking that they're not good enough to become a mom or to have a title that the world deems possible by holding a child. You are part of the greatest part of my story. Because in a season when I didn't think that I was a good enough mom, you made sure that my babies still were loved. You held them like they were your own. You wiped their little booties. You wiped their tears. You kissed their cheeks and you hugged them as if you gave birth to them. They say it takes a village to raise a baby. They say it takes a village to raise children. But if I'm honest, I say it takes a village to be a mom. And whether it's five years, ten years, five months from now, that you get to start the journey of becoming a mom to the world, know that to me, you've always been one of the greatest moms. And so I celebrate you today. I honor you. I love you so stinking much so let's get into this you guys please 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 welcome this queen miss Haley harrison i invited her to my space to my table to have what i think is a conversation that is desperately needed and so i'm just gonna jump right on in miss Haley, how are you doing i'm good i'm nervous why are you nervous i don't know oh I'm my god <laughs> when I sit down and record for my podcast every time. Facts. It's like, I'm about to do this again. Yeah. I'm about to do this again. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let me tell you. So Haley and I were texting this week and she was like, do you know this is a full circle moment? And I was like, a full circle moment for what? Have I asked you this before? Like, crap, did I already mess something up? And she was like, no. And I'm going to let her tell it because I was floored because I honestly had forgotten. Yeah. So let everyone know, like, why is this a full circle moment for you and I? So I will have lived here six years in November. Okay. So about five and a half years ago, I moved here and you were one of, you were the first person that I like went to and I was like, I mean, you know, I'm not saved, (laughs) you know, like I'm not saved, but I want to be, Yeah. but like, I need relationship here. Mm -hmm. I hate living here. I I hate being here and I just, I need relationship. I need devotion. I need all the things. Yeah. And like the next week you came up to me and you were like, I got this book. We're going to do it. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And you, like, put together, I'm not saying you did it for me, but I felt like it was for me. And so then, here we are five, five and a half years later, like... Oh, my God. You know, it's having our own podcasts and doing our own, like, devotions, quote-unquote. How so. we have evolved five and a half years yeah. ago. And I remember it was at your mom's house, at her table. Clearly, tables are my thing. And... Yeah. When you moved here, I remember you were, I don't remember if it was, you moved here solely because you needed to get away from Oklahoma, or if it was just because you were just like, listen, my parents are here, my family's here, I might as well get up and go. But I remember before you moved here, your mom, 
I had done either a spoken word or something. And your mom was like, I need my daughters to hear this. And I'm like, why? I'm just that weird. And I'm like, please don't let anyone hear what I just said. I don't know if it sounds great. And I remember when I met you and I'm like, you're not what everyone said you were. Like, granted, y'all, once you hear her podcast, you will know she is extra on 10. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But it makes you who you are. And so I'm grateful because five and a half years ago, a broken Haley walked into my life, but I was still a broken girl who just really still needed community. Mm-hmm. And I was in a season of my life where I didn't know if I was really coming or going. I was married, but I was like, I'm not old enough to like not be cool. Right. I had kids and it was, it was a lot. And I do remember that Bible study and it was, it started off as just supposed to be me and you. Yeah. And it turned into... I don't know. I think at one point we had 10 to 15 young girls that were just like, we just want to be a part of the community. And from that, a Bob and G relationship popped and it was, it has been good. And so because of it, y'all, the things we do for podcasts, y'all have no idea. It's really a whole thing. (laughs) But from that, I intentionally sought out to have conversations that made you uncomfortable and I think over the past five and a half years we have had some of the hardest toughest conversations but they have sharpened us and that is if we were to be honest that's our relationship and when people see us they're like they're not friends you can say what you want I don't need to be her friend she knows if life happens Janelle's gonna be honest with me And the same goes that way. And so I invited you to the table because this is going to be my Mother's Day edition. And I, I've always been someone that I'll say, I look at the stories all different. And I love it when people are quick to put someone on the back burner because of their past. And if you guys listened to last week with the family conversation, we actually titled that segment, your history doesn't uncall you. And I was like, it is perfect that Haley is following up with this because she's going to tell her story about an abortion. But I am flipping the script on it because we walk around as Christians and we are so quick to throw you to the wolves because of what we deem as sin. But yet God wrote it in your story. And for me because I'm a storyteller and I like poetry. I'm like, I don't, I don't condone it. So for anyone that's listening, let me make it very crystal clear. I'm not saying to go have an abortion. I'm not saying that you should walk that path, but if you have, there's so much grace given. Mm -hmm. And I want it to honor the moms because no one says Haley, happy mother's day. And it breaks my heart. And for the longest time, I've had this narrative like, God, why don't we say Happy Mother's Day to the moms who have had a stillborn baby or who's battling infertility? But more than anything, we don't even acknowledge the moms who've walked through abortion. And sometimes it is a choice. Sometimes it's a life or death situation, but they still categorize it as an abortion. Mm -hmm. But either way, the truth that I'll always stand on is that the moment you took a pregnancy test, you knew then I have to make a decision, but not once in your mind did it ever say, 
I'm going to cancel out the thought that I'm no longer a mom. And so I want to publicly wish you the happiest Mother Day because for years you've had to walk around with everyone else being celebrated and everyone being honored. And so I titled this segment, Honor Her Too, because you're someone worthy to be honored because you didn't die there. You got up and now you get to go tell the story for the women who are just trying to figure out how do I keep telling my story without feeling broken and shamed. And I have listened to your podcast and I know for a month you had to go back in the ugly trenches and pull out the hard stuff. And I wanted to give you a space to tell the glory of the story because a lot of people won't give you that opportunity because to them, you're just still like, oh, well, she did this and she's awful, but yet you're still human. Yeah. And I want to say, I am so sorry as a mom to allow you to walk around with your head down on one of the most special days because I get to hold my babies. And yet I can't imagine what Mother's Day has felt like knowing your pain and your hurt. And so I am so grateful that you said yes to come and sit at my table to tell your story. So someone else a month from now, a year from now, walking that same journey can say, you know what? I deserve to be honored too. And they do. So tell us your story and I'm going to let you tell it however you want to. And then I'm going to ask some questions, hopefully that will give someone else hope after this is all said and done. Okay. Um, so like she said, I had an abortion when I was 19. I just graduated high school. Um, and I didn't even say this in my podcast, but I got pregnant by someone who literally days before I found out was pregnant, went to prison. Wow. And so it was like, a two-edged sword I was just like you're not gonna be here yeah and you know honestly even if you were here yeah you're not who I ever pictured like being the father of my child but it made it all the worse that like yeah I don't even get the opportunity to have you be the father of my child yeah unless it's like six years down the road you know so that was a whole factor and to my decision making. Then the other factor of like, you know, just my going whole through the family, process. Like, yeah. what are they gonna say? How are they gonna feel? Like, I'm already the F up of the family. That's right. how I felt. Okay. Like, um, you know, I was the one smoking weed all throughout high school. I was the one do- just quote unquote the problem child. Yes, I was <laughs> literally the definition of the troublemaker child. And so I was just like, and this isn't going to be something that, like, yeah. my mom can take my phone away and ground me for. Yeah. And then, like, hide it from, like, either my family or everyone that we go to church with. Right. And granted, I went to church at this time. My aunt and uncle pastored a church that had, like, 4,000, 5,000 people. Oh, my God. So, and I knew all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's it was a big church. But, but it was like a local church. A local church. And it was a my home church that I was born and raised in. And yeah. so I was just like, you know, here I am. I'm pregnant. Yeah. I'm not going to think about it. This is just what I'm going to do. And I made an appointment and I went and had an abortion. And 
Ooh. So I want to stop you for a second because I think sometimes, I know I'm a PK and a lot of people don't know that. My dad is a pastor. He's been a pastor my whole life, even though he wasn't in my home and my mom and my dad never got married. Mm-hmm. I always walked around like, oh my God, I can do no wrong because my family's name. Yeah. And if I, I mean, if we took a tangent, what would you say to the people who really, they, they walk around with that. I'll say that heavy burden, like I have to be perfect because of who my family is rather than just I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes. Where do we separate that? Whether it be church, the people that we know, because I think that's that's a lot of the young people today. That's why, if I'm honest, they they end up making the decisions that they make. Unfortunately, it never fails. The girl's always the one who get it the worst because you can see their sin. Yeah. It's exposed because they can't hide it. But yet there are so many more that do everything else under the door, under the curtain, behind the closed door. And it's like, but why do I have to get picked on? Because you can see it. What would you say to that person, though, that's like, I I don't know. Or maybe they're in that situation now. Um, I mean, I'd say it's a twofold question in a sense of where it's like to the person that feels like they have these standards to live up to. Like, the flesh side of me wants to give you the advice and tell you, who cares? Right. Like, quit caring so much Mm -hmm. of what other people think. And in the same breath that I'm saying that in is, like, pray for God to give you the confidence to not care what people think. And then on the flip side of it, People need to lower their expectations of people in authority That's and so people good. on a platform. And right. Whether you're on a platform here at church or if you're on a platform, you know, if you're the mayor or right. if you're in a, a school administrative position or whatever it is, yeah. if you are in a place of power, people that are around those people, mm-hmm. we expect too much out of those people. Yeah. We don't give them any grace right to fall that's true and i think that's that's so good that you say that because sometimes we walk around and we're just like oh well you're so and so and you don't make any mistakes but then those same people go home praying and begging can i just be normal without the titles without the accolades because they they too sometimes we actually make them feel like they're superhuman yeah and so when they fall then they're like, well, how the heck do I get back up? Right. Where do I go to get back up? Who's yeah. picking me back up and not judging me? Yeah. And so you're 19, you're now graduating high school, and now you're sitting in the reality of, holy crap, what do I do? And I know your mom, and she's like one of my favorite people. I can only imagine how that went down. Walk us through those moments. I, once I had had my procedure done, I didn't think about it, Mm. honestly. Like, you know how people say, like, when you go through trauma? Yep. That, like, your brain literally wires itself to forget? Yep. That's kind of something that happened to me. Like, I literally just quit thinking about it. Mm. And I think the biggest reason why 
or like the scenario that I played in my head as to why I did what I did was because when my mom got pregnant with me, I heard so many horror stories of people in the church and what they did to her and like what they said about her and, you know, not trying to throw my papa under the rug, but yeah, how terrible he was to her to just be completely honest. And if you know me, you know, my papa is that's your guy. (laughs) So I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. He he can't. Yeah. I can't. He can't. Like it we just, can't do this. We, yeah, we can't do this. <laughs> so instead of inconveniencing everyone else around me, mm. I'll just take one for the team. Mm. That was. The thought that process. was my thought process yeah to a degree yeah and so i'm gonna spin this all left field because you said something that just rocked my core so what happens then when now you've taken the inconvenience off of everyone else's shoulders but the days the weeks the months down the road when no one's coming to be your rescue when you're sitting in the reality like what in the heck did i just do how did you get through those days? What did those days look and feel like? They felt very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I became so bitter and mm. angry. Like, I could cut you smooth out and walk away with a smile on my face. Wow. Like, I just did not care. Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I hurt you. <laughs> you have no idea. Right. You know, but like it wasn't fair because they didn't hurt me. Right. I just. You were hurting. I, yes. And, you know, my mom has said my whole life hurt people hurt people. Listen, I say it all the time, all the time. It's the truest statement. I wish. It is. Like, we, we're going to collab and make a t shirt. Literally. Right. Hurt people hurt people. And I, it wasn't until I was an adult that I'm like, okay, if hurt people hurt people, then free people should go free people. Yes. Because yes. it's. It's sad, but I can't imagine. So here you are, 19. I I don't, I mean, I remember what I was doing when I was 19. I couldn't imagine walking through that journey at 19. But now you're 19. You've gone through the trauma. You've gone through the process. I know for me, I've asked this question to some of my friends that have walked through an abortion. And even recently, I had to call a friend. I was like, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I need to ask the question before I go interview someone that I admire and they're like okay what's your question and I'm gonna ask you because I'm like well I asked her and her answer blew me away and so I asked her the question that everyone always assumes when you got to the hospital that morning or the clinic whatever it looks like I know oftentimes they always say well they never ask if you want to hear the heartbeat but did you stop and think maybe I should ask can I hear the heartbeat I Never thought to ask that, but when they asked me if I wanted to know the gender, I had a whole moment where Mm -hmm. I was like, like in my, I don't know what the gender was. If they would have said it was a boy, I would have still not went through with it. But in my heart, even still to this day, like 
I just feel like I know it was a girl. Mm -hmm. And if they would have told me that, again, even if they would have said it's a boy, I would have still kept the baby. Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, if they say this is a girl, like, guess I'll just pack up my stuff and move to a different, like, city, you know? Yeah. But I never thought, like, let me listen to the heartbeat. Yeah. But first, I wanted to ask, though, can you give me, like, a picture? Mm. And I never did. Okay, so I'm glad you said that because her response was, I didn't want to ask that question because I knew that I would change my mind. Do you agree that that's probably where you... And so then the next question I asked her after that, I said, well... If you would have changed your mind by asking, what convinced you to even still go through that process after you took the pregnancy test? Did you take a pregnancy test? I took a pregnancy test. Y'all, I actually I actually stole a pregnancy test <laughs> from CVS. Hey, yo, CVS, we got you. <laughs> right. I actually stole a pregnancy test from CVS, took it, and it came back negative. And I was like, oh. I'm good. I'm good. And then I just continued to be sick. And then I went out of town for 4th of July. And I Uh was like, something's wrong. Like, I'm Mm. I'm sick. Like, these are... This is not... This is not the flu. Like, I'm done. Like, you know, I'm pregnant, you know? Oh, my gosh. And so I actually drove to Planned Parenthood and took, like, a... Oh, yeah, you took a real analysis. And then that's when they came and told me that I was pregnant. That's so crazy how they'll let you come and take a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And then you can go around the same hallway and they're like, but we'll we'll take your baby. Right, yeah. Wow. Oh, I can't imagine. So now that, how long, so how, how, tell the people, well, if you want to. How many years or how old are you now that you've walked this journey? So, cause Haley just had a birthday, y'all. So she's she's feeling super fine. I'm, t- I'm a, we're gonna get well. Yeah. I don't want her married by the end of the year, but I need a, a, a real decent human man, a grown man. Same. Sidebar to come at least. You gotta come through my DMs first. <laughs> we'll get her hooked up. But uh, nine years ago. Nine years ago. In 2015. Wow. What would today Haley tell that girl? Three words, don't do it. Mm. It's it it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Um it's going to be hard. Right. But if you do it, your life is going to be a lot harder. And I think that has also been such a hard mm-hmm. thing to like walk through now is thinking back yeah. To that 19-year-old girl. Like, I mean, yes, I'm sure raising a child is hard. You know, I don't I care if you're you married. I see my sister do right. it. Right. Married or not married, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. And I see all these people in my life that are doing that currently. And yes, it's hard. Right. But, but the hard that we don't get to see. It's a beautifully hard yes. job. Mm-hmm. And I went through ugly, hard things. That's good, Bob. That's really good. Yeah. Be, you know, as a ripple effect from my abortion. Yeah. So, 
so then what even even though you went through that process what are you still proud of that girl for today I'm proud that I freaking get up every day and I do it and I'm proud that you know I can genuinely like Yes, I have days where, like, I'm upset at myself, but I genuinely can say, like, I forgive myself for it. Mm. And I'm proud of that because it's taken a long time to get yeah. to being able to just, like, forgive myself. Right. And say, like, you know, I, you know, God's, God's got it. He knows. Right. You know, I hate when people say God knows my heart because it's like. That's a, listen. I hate when people We're going to say this too. Please stop saying that. <laughs> Right. We know he created it, right. but therefore. But therefore, like, he knows my heart. He knows I want to have children. Yeah. And so I know that I will be able to do that one day. Right. Um, and I'm proud that I get to love all the babies around me. Y'all, she has a lot of them around her for real. So. Like, all of her siblings now have children. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, back to back to back. Yeah, literally. So... If someone's in that phase of life where they've gone through the first part of the journey of making up their mind that they're going to have an abortion, now they've gone through the process, now they've told their family, their friends, I'm going to even go the extra mile of saying they've gotten through their own funk of trying to figure out if they're going to be okay. How do they get to the part to where they can tell the story but still forgive themselves? My first thing would say to be, go to therapy. Mm. I never did. I wish I would have. I, I still, like, I, I'm just now getting into therapy over the last, like, month and a half. Wow. And we haven't even reached the conversation right. of my abortion. Like, we're still focusing We're just talking about all on, those like, small I'm issues. I'm still, like, 10 years old in the, like, things that we're Jeez. talking about right now. Yeah, so, like, go to therapy. Um. Find godly counsel. Yeah. Um, and find godly women that have also had an abortion mm-hmm. to lean on. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no way I could have done it with Pastor Tony. No way. Mm-mm. I, if I wouldn't have ever had that bonding moment with her, I really don't know if I would even be able to talk about it today. That's awesome. And I mean, I think that that's so cool because we all know in this church arena, you mentioned the word therapy and everybody's like, well, I just got God. Listen, he gave people talents and gifts on purpose. I say it because I mean, granted with my life and all the things that have happened in 2023, therapy is the best thing that I could literally have invested in this year more than anything in the world. And I'm just, I'm like, why, why do we put, it's almost like we put a bandaid on that too. Yeah. And I'm like, no, these people get paid and educated to help me yes. figure my life out. Yes. 
And how that's something is- I can say, like, I always, you know, in my mind, because I grew up not having a healthy relationship with therapists. Yeah. Like, I was very turned off from therapists. I didn't want to. So I just was always like, I'll just find someone in my circle that I trust. Yeah. That I can talk to. And that's okay. Yeah. But like... To a degree. To a degree. Because if you're in my circle, depending on who you are, nine times out of ten, you're going to look at homegirl and be like, oh, you're right, sis. You have every right to feel that. You're not going to have that that medium ground to say, I love you, but you're not right. Right. And you also don't have the tools and the knowledge to understand a story and a a circumstance that I talked about in last week's session that happened 10 or 15 years ago to connect the dots to the circumstance that I'm having now. Yeah. That's so so good. Like, because I did that for a while. And again, I've not been in therapy long, but just in this a little over a month that I've been in it, best investment I've ever seriously made. I will tell people like nope I got a whole therapist and she's the bomb you need her number I got you right <laughs> like right. seriously and so I I when I realized that I was gonna make I really wasn't even gonna do a Mother's Day episode just because I'm like oh Mother's Day this year's gonna be so weird but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I have this conversation often with the people that I know, love, and trust. I don't want to have the conversation where no one gets to hear, like, someone else who's walked through that have the space and time to say, wait, that you're talking about me. Yeah. So it's okay if, I, if I'm mad. It's okay if I'm hurting. It's okay if I want to be honored too, and it is. And I was like, I got the perfect person. And not because, I mean, you're Haley, you're my girl, but because if anyone was going to come and sit at my table and be honest, it was going to be you. And I knew that you would give them the truth. You would not keep it filtered. And I mean, at my table, I don't, I, I ripped the Band-Aid off. Like, yeah. I don't want a filtered life. Thank you, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all the things. But... Right. Where a space where I can have it unfiltered mm-hmm. for people to feel like they're seen or they're heard. When did you when did you finally realize, wait, people see me, even my scars through this? I mean, nine years. You're just now going to therapy. But it wasn't until you moved away from everything you knew before you even realized that you could tell your story. How do how how does someone now, no matter how long it's been, whether it's been 10, 15, 20 years, how do they find that level of confidence to go tell their story to help someone else? I found I, I felt the like <sighs> yeah. moment. Obviously after I had told my mom, but actually like I think it was like a year ago it wasn't even like that long ago Pastor Steph preached a message Mm -hmm. and in that message she made an altar call for people that have molested people before have had an abortion like have done all of the the ugly the ugly things that like were like well that's that's the top tier I just drink but you molested somebody we're different 
Like, same sin, y'all. Right. And so she made an altar call for those things. And she made it like three times. And every time she was looking at me. I'm not moving. I was like, bruh, I ain't going to the front. Like, only you know, pastor knows, Riley knows, Brittany knows, my sister knows, my mom knows, and Renee knows. Only seven people. I don't need the rest of the world to know. know. And I'm thinking, like, my Grammy don't know, bro. Like, she might think that I've molested somebody if I go. And, again, I say that to say, like, I'm not judging nobody for their stuff. But, like, I was like, yo, you ain't catching me on my seat, dog. Like, like, I'll call Tony after church and she'll just pray over me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but still, she still would have been delivered. Amen. And, like, after the third time, she was like, what if you never get this opportunity mm. of freedom again? Whew. And I was just like, yo, you really said that just to like itch at me, bruh. But it's a, it's cool. It's cool. And I can talk like that because that is my auntie. But, but still. So I walked and the altar was, and this was literally like how I know it was a God thing. The altar was I remember completely that. full. It was there and was the no only standing person room. that was not praying for anybody was my Grammy. Wow. And I did not even say anything to her. Wow. I just V-lined my way to her. And that's what was so crazy. Like literally the altar was full. I, Every single person was praying with somebody. Y'all, it was it was packed. I remember that. Yes, but my Grammy wasn't. And I just literally melted in her arms. And I never said anything. I just I I couldn't. I was yeah. so like the fact that the the courage alone that it took for me to get out of my seat and yeah. walk up there. Like, to even talk was overwhelming. Like, I was like, okay, I just took the 10 <laughs> steps up here. Like, whoo, Lord, give her the words to pray. Like, just telepathically tell her what's up because, like, I don't have, I ain't got nothing else. Yeah. Oh. And so, church was dismissed. And then I really think you were on AB that day for Pastor Steph. I think so. Because I remember... Her walking up to me, and obviously you were behind her. Yeah. And again, I had not said nothing to my Grammy. And she was like, you know, the Lord forgives you for your abortion. And I'm like, oh my God, you just told Grammy. <laughs> but like, it was, you know, it was like all the things. And I like had a whole moment where I was like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But right then and there, just my Grammy just like, Hugged me and she did what Christians should do. Yes, she loved me. She loved you for. And so, what I would say to someone that's like, "How do I even tell?" Mm -hmm. Go tell that one person that you feel like is going to judge you, and either prove yourself wrong or prove yourself right. Yeah. Because if you prove yourself right, then they don't deserve. Like here we are right now. They don't deserve to have a seat at your table. Facts. And if they're going to prove you wrong, then let them love you through where you're at. Yeah. And so that's what I would say. Go tell it to some, you know, and the Bible says that we're free by the words of our testimony. Listen. So, you know. She said what she said. Just, that's what I would say. Go tell, don't go tell 
you know. Yeah, don't go tell gossiping Gail. Yeah, don't go tell someone that like you know is gonna judge you or like <laughs> right. you know is gonna like talk you up and be like, Ugh. oh girl, you're fine. Like let's just go to the bar and get some drinks. Right. No, like go tell that one person that you're you love and yeah. you know loves you, but you're mm-hmm. terrified what they're gonna think if they know the truth. Listen. And I think that that's so important because no matter if you're 19, 15, 25, 35, you've got to go find someone Mm -hmm. that to you may seem scary, but to them, they're just going to play it neutral. What do you need from me? Right. And I mean, I think that it's absolutely insane that Grammy was the only one because you guys, to know Grammy is to know God. No joke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the way that she loves. Yeah is top notch hands down and i'm so glad that i've gotten to have a front row seat of your story because i mean you were you were a broken girl when you got here and even though you've gone through seasons where you felt like throwing in the towel you've swung back so much harder yeah and if i'm honest just over the last year more than anything i've watched you do the hard work that no one really wants to talk about, mm-hmm. especially in your generation. Grant, I'm not that much older. I mean, I'm old, but it's, we digress. But there's so many people in your generation that they want to hide their problem. Yeah. And I've watched you over the last year expose it, not to be, well, this is what I'm going through and you just got to deal with it, but really more so to say, hey, I don't want to hide it anymore. I really want to be free. Mm-hmm. And so outside of just this topic alone, I commend you. I admire you. And I know when you go back in here the first three minutes, you're going to be like, I'm going to punch you in the face. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I said what I said and I meant what I said. But I think that it's so cool because... When you got here, I remember you telling me, and I have it written down in a notebook, and you were like, you're going to be someone that I look up to. And I'm like, yeah, girl, no, thank you. But I have got the pleasure to stop in a lot of seasons of my life and say, man, I'm grateful that Haley's in my corner because she, she'll never know how much I look up to her. And you have been someone with a seat at my table, whether you pull up to the table or not. And so I wanted to make sure that when we were recording this, that I publicly told you thank you for allowing me to be who I am, for allowing me to own my ish, but then allowing me to say, you know what? I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this today. And you in turn have said, nope, but we got work to do. You don't get to fall if I don't get to fall. And that's half the reason why I built the table. For people to understand that I'm not building the table for you to come and tell me your problems. I'm building the table so when life gets hard for me, I can look at my table and be like, y'all, I am sucking today. Somebody got something to say? Please. But more than anything, I've watched you over the last year go rescue Haley because you didn't want to be stuck. And so like we started this, I want to tell you so much happy mother's day because you deserve it and you deserve to have your roses 
And I know it's not Mother's Day, y'all. It is Friday. But I, I suck at giving gifts because I want people to have them right away. And I intentionally left your gift at home so I could give it to you on Sunday. And so I'm going to tell the people because I'm, that's just who I am. And on Fridays, I buy Nikes. Every Friday, y'all judge your mom, go judge somebody else. So I text your mom. And so on Sunday, I will give you your roses and a pair of Nikes. Because the whole heart behind why I go buy a pair of Nikes every Friday is because for the last six years, I've watched my mom pour her heart out to a Batters Women's Shelter. And every Friday, I go buy a pair of Nikes. I buy them. I don't say I keep them all or I own them. But I've watched those women go through some of the ugliest seasons of their life. And unbeknownst to any of them, I just go, the lady at the counter knows, she doesn't ask me anything, I just drop off a pair. And this week, I want to honor you by giving you a pair. Not because you deserve them, because you can go buy your own Nikes. But just to tell you, happy Mother's Day. And thank you, and how much I genuinely love you. Because a lot of women are walking in your shoes trying to figure out how the hell do I go tell my story? Yeah. How do I go tell this part that hurts? And now you on your own podcast have given them all the permission to go do so. And you have taught them how to do it with class. You've taught them how to do it with dignity without diminishing the character of who you've become. And I want to tell you thank you and how much I love you. And so y'all... We're going to wrap it up. We honestly, we have to get to church. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're not even going to flaunt this like it's Friday. But we have to get to church. And I'm just grateful that you gave me part of your day to come sit at my table. So let me love on you, act up, and cut a fool. Y'all, trust me, Haley is not a stranger here. We will have some more conversations, I promise you, in the near future. And they're going to get probably more detailed grimy on more topics other than abortion because me and Haley just have that relationship we're we're good at having the hard conversations that I think that people should be having that they're not yeah. so from my heart to yours I love you I y'all we are out of here till next Friday bye y'all wow thank you Thank you for taking the time to accept my invitation to come into my home, to come and have a seat with me, but to allow yourself to actually be vulnerable enough to ask the hard questions, to enjoy the journey. Listen, I will always make this space a space where you can be free, where you can be who you are, but where you know that no matter what, when you get up from the table and walk back out my door, that the next time you feel like you just need a space, that you can always come back and have a seat with me. So until next time, do me a favor. Go grab your best friend and tell them, hey girl, listen, I just found the new place that we can go and have those conversations. The ones that we sat around in the Taco Bell at 3 a.m. having. But a place where someone else just gets it. They're willing to get in the trenches with us. They're willing to cry, wipe our tears, 
laugh really loud, but get uncomfortable with having the hard conversations. But more than anything, please know, you can always come knock on my door because I'll always have a seat ready for you.